Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Radio. Hey everybody, this is Steve. I just want to let you know that for all the latest on our podcast, uh, hit us up at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we're also on Patreon if you want to check that out. But our homepage is with the Age of Radio Network at ageofradio.org slash everything I learned from movies. And if you're looking for some amazing art, check out my wife's Etsy page at untidyvenus.etsy.com. All kinds of great stuff there. Also, follow us at PodCartFest, that's P-O-D-C-A-R-T-F-E-S-T, for our periodic art and podcasting festival that we're going to be hosting. It's uh, it's actually pretty cool. Check it out. So yeah, on that note, let's get to the show. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one-line plot holes and gratuitous movies It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Hey everybody, this is Steve again. Uh, to start off, Nick August Cage here. Uh, we were introduced to Daryl with the Cage Rage podcast. And so... Uh, he had jujitsu coming up on his, and we had jujitsu coming up on ours. So we figured, why not knock them both out the same episode? But uh, if you love Nick Cage like we do, definitely check out the Cage Rage podcast. Uh, he's almost wrapping that thing up. So we actually talk about that a little bit on the episode. But um, yeah, enjoy. What could be easier? Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl, and welcome to episode 96 of Cage Rage, a Nicholas Cage podcast. It's the podcast in which I take you, the dear listener, on the journey to true cage nirvana. And what is that, you may ask? Well, it's only the highest, most purest, most sexual, most emotional, most real, most everything you will form of being one can possibly achieve. But how do we achieve it? Well, quite simply, by watching every movie the man I call the golden hog of Hollywood, Nicolas Cage, has ever been in. How are you? Hope you're well. Hope you're getting on. Uh, in all the day-to-day and the life and the stuff when it's getting all hot outside and sticky and messy and you're staying hydrated and, well, it's always half the battle. Um, it's a it's a, a very special episode this week. It's a crossover episode, in fact, in which I am joined uh, by the wonderful duo of Steve and Izzy 
from the Everything I Learned from Movies podcast. Uh, they'll be having a special Nick Cage August, um, in which this episode will be shared over on their side of things as well. But we're all here to talk about jujitsu, the very weird uh, martial arts sci-fi from 2020, the movie that we thought was going to save us from the pandemic, and if anything, plunge just further into darkness. Um, so we're getting into the nitty-gritty of this one, uh, talking about what beer we think that Nicolas Cage would be, how dirty all of the actors have been done in this one as well and just kind of how disappointing this film is considering the quite frankly absurd premise um of what it offers as well so this was uh, so much fun to record i hope that you will enjoy the episode as well and uh we'll check back in with you right at the end but until that moment in time it is episode 96 it's daryl it's steven as he it's jujitsu we kick off Cage's 2020 this week with the sci-fi martial arts movie Jiu-Jitsu. Here, Cage plays Wiley, an eccentric martial arts sage who must help lead a group against an alien invader. Now, joining me on the journey to true Cage Nirvana this week to see if this movie is a piece of martial arts or just a plain martial fart, are Steve and Izzy from the Everything I Learned From Movies podcast. Steve and Izzy, thank you so much for joining. How are you both today? Hey, everybody. Oh, hey, everybody. Doing great. Thanks for having us, Daryl. Yes, and he said it cor- <laughs> the name correctly the first time. Hey. That's all. <laughs> you have done something most podcasts can't. <laughs> I, I find with this accent, it's just say something confidently, and uh, there's a, there's a sixty percent chance you'll get it right. Um, so we're getting rough to an amazing start. This is brilliant. Um, <laughs> so any you know, time there are new guests um, to Cage Rage, this silly thing I call a podcast, I'm always keen to know off the bat here. Um, Nicholas Cage for yourselves, uh, rate, hate, tolerate, where do you stand upon the man that I refer to as the golden hog of Hollywood? <laughs> We're right oh, there with you, man. Greatest you mean, living you mean actor. The patron saint of our podcast. Yeah. You have a Saint, saint Nick uh, Christmas tree topper every year. Yeah, we send uh, them out to our Patreons so that they can make them all themselves for the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, we've interviewed oh. about 40 to 50. Uh, People involved with movies, yeah. only about a quarter of them <laughs> working either directing Nicolas Cage, uh, being uh, his brother, Chris Coppola, uh, <laughs> yeah. his stand-in yeah. for over a decade. Uh, you know, we're we're just circling Nicolas Cage until he agrees to be on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Isn't that what we're all doing in, in one much. way in one way or another? We're all going the long way around to try and, uh, to get him. He's the golden hog. He's the white whale. Um you know, he would be uh, the ultimate guy. I think I've said before, if ever he acknowledged me, then either it would be as like a 10 minute interview or him just telling me to stop. Either way is a win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel just like a if... single tweet that says stop, it would still uh, be the greatest moment of our lives. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if he just decided, you know what, I'm retiring from acting. I've done it all. I've perfected it. Then the next person can come along and he goes on cameo. And for like, let's say $5,000, how many podcasters or whatever oh, out there raise the money. would instantly start doing a Kickstarter? Oh. Like, hey, get Nicolas Cage to be on our podcast for, let's say he's like 
five thousand dollars for thirty minutes. Ooh, and, it's five thousand dollars for the two minutes, like Ernie Hudson, where he just records something and sends it to you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and honestly, and like, it's like he's shut, in my name. He would just shut down the podcast industry. Like, and if, <laughs> all that would be left would be true crime, and then it would be who murdered all of these podcasts. Oh, it was Nicolas Cage showing up for twenty minutes. You know. Oh man, if if that was possible, you can put any number in front of me, and you know, I don't mean to get you know take it on a tangent too early into the episode, but I would do anything, and I'm going to leave that open to interpretation, anything <laughs> to uh, to achieve that cameo, um, $5,000, or whatever the equivalent currency is. I will, even my he cat's getting involved outside there. Oh, God, that's it. That, that's what it'd be. He only gets paid in, like, I don't know, uh, declarations of independence or something, like for, for various countries. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Cage, we couldn't find a T Rex skull. We live in Allosaurus country. Will you take an Allosaurus skull? Here, I, I have the Declaration of Independence for Monaco. That's a principality. That's bullshit. That doesn't count. <laughs> you think I can't tell the difference between a shim bone and a rib? <laughs> I'm so, so, so sorry. I just, just please accept my bones. I have no money. <laughs> what would you do for an interview with Nicolas Cage? That's that's the new segment. What would you do for an interview with Nicolas Cage? Um, I think for me, it's more what I wouldn't do, and there's not much on that list. <laughs> Uh, yeah, start turning into a meatloaf song at that point. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> I would do anything for Cage, especially that. Um, <laughs> especially that. Um, <laughs> oh, madam. Um, and certainly one of the things that I would do, as we've all done here today, is um, is watch jiu-jitsu. Um, <laughs> we paid to watch jiu-jitsu oh, the first time. Guys, okay. <laughs> we this, paid full price. This movie. Uh, this was my movie. This like, was... I was waiting all of 2019 and 2024. Yeah. We interviewed... <laughs> this wasn't just Steve's movie of the year. This was Steve's movie of, like, three years. Yeah. Uh, so... One of our interviews was the the actual star of this movie, Elaine Moosey, who's the star of the Kickboxer Retaliation and uh, kick, uh, or I guess Kickboxer Kickboxer Vengeance and Retaliation, the new Kickboxer trilogy they're trying to make, which and honestly are very good, very good. The first they're two have really Jean Claude Van Damme in them as you know, oh. reprising the kickboxer role. They're yeah. actually really good action movies. And yeah, uh, was it he fight? Was it? He fought Mike Tyson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike yeah. Tyson's in him. Christopher in our, Lambert. Yeah. In our interview, he was saying that Mike Tyson doesn't know how to stunt punch. He took <laughs> real punches from Mike Tyson. And lived to tell the tale. Like, <laughs> like Elaine Moosey is an incredible athlete. And, and he's really charismatic. Pre- yeah, really charismatic. A decent actor. I was hyped that he was leading this movie, that Nicolas yes. Cage is going to be in, a martial arts movie. And then as we got closer, it was like, oh yeah, Tony Jaw's going to be in it too. Yeah, the protector! And Juju Chan, Rick Yoon, <laughs> Frank Grillo. Like, I feel like I'm forgetting three or four very Steve important people. Steve is hard just but... thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is going to be epic. Oh, he had already declared this was his favorite movie before it even came out. So it was a day one purchase when it was finally revealed, you know, uh, finally let loose, you know, in the middle of a pandemic for 15 bucks on Amazon Prime. I'm like, of course, take my money. Uh, oh, we had talks about like, for day one, how much would you pay for it? And Steve was like, I would 
top it out at maybe forty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that's a high I ceiling. Do that <laughs> we can and will do it for Cage. I can't make this clear enough. <laughs> would would I brave a pandemic to watch Nicolas Cage in a martial arts movie with all these people? <laughs> I mean, oh, luckily I don't have to make that choice. Okay, take my money. <laughs> we did go see Pig in theaters. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that, that was later though. That's yeah, it was. Yes, yeah. That's what it, it, it evens out. Then it evens out. I, I mean, like I think I remember very clearly um, when the trailer for Jujitsu dropped, and I think it was October, November, twenty twenty. And I think as of this recording, there's like um, two and a half million views on the trailer for it, and people were like, "What is this? This is the movie mm-hmm. we need to save us from the pandemic." And then you watch the trailer, it's. It's all action and it's kinetic and lots of things are happening and the Nicolas Cage is doing a flip and he's got a wig on. I'm like, whoa. whoa." And he's like announcing that he's the crazy person. Like, he's too crazy for aliens to fight? Yes, I'm in. (laughs) He's he's just confirming what we've known for years. Yes, you are too crazy for off this planet, Mr. Cage. And then... I like last year, about a year and a half ago, a random Twitter competition. I win this film on Blu-ray, free of charge. Ooh, so that's the way to do it. So the, I've I'm recording this episode, and I'm so sorry to you guys, but at no financial loss to myself. Um, I've broken even on this episode, if nothing else. <laughs> and then for for fifteen, sixteen months, this Blu-ray has been in the cellophane wrap. I've not even touched it. It's seen human air today. And then I watched the film, and I can call it a film that I've seen. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we watched it day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched it for a second time yesterday. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but, but we'll, we'll we'll get into it. But I I was a. Uh, uh, let's say disappointed uh, with the <laughs> the movie the first time I watched it because you know I I I had it you know. Highest of yes. pedestals, of course. Yeah, but, and you know, yeah. you know, they they do Elaine Moosey wrong in this movie. They like, really do. I, th- this is all right. I, I guess we're go- we're getting into it. Oh, we're getting into it. Okay, this movie was disappointing because you know every single person in it can do more. <laughs> so much better. <sighs> yeah, like, not one of the actors was utilized to their full potential. <laughs> you know, one of my really prevalent notes when I was watching this, and I watched this like a few hours before recording, um, it was just in all caps, every single person in this movie has been done dirty. Yes. Um, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. I The thing I have written down the most in this is, um, you, you know, uh, uh, this comes from writer-director Dimitri Longatesis, uh, who has had a long career in producing movies and directed everything from like, Slaughterhouse Rock back in the 80s with Tony Basil to like Body Shot with Robert Patrick. Um, and, you know, the Kickboxer reboot movies they've done the last five years, you know, and, uh, you know, good stuff. Screenplay by Jim McGrath, who did three episodes of Simon and Simon, six episodes of Air America, and then apparently took the next 25 years off and then came back with Kickboxer Retaliation. Okay, cool. <laughs> There were dozens of times in this movie where, okay, the whole the whole basis of it is is uh, there's this guy we find out his name's Jake, played by Elaine Moosey. Oh wait, hold on, oh, Steve, oh God, before okay. we get too deep into it. Oh, do we need a beer? We're way too sober uh, to talk okay. about this. <laughs> All right, beer up. In honor beer of our podcast, everything learned from movies, bad movies, good beer, funny third thing. 
Yep. Uh, we have something. Okay, we just came back from a two-week vacation through uh, the American Midwest, uh, Cincinnati, Columbus, right. Cleveland, and ending in Pittsburgh for HomebrewCon because we're avid homebrewers. Yeah, the Homebrewers uh, Convention. And uh, there they gave out this special beer from Grist House Brewing in Pittsburgh called Day Crew, which is a Kolsch-style ale. This is basically their handout for like all the uh, the attendees to like I don't know take home or try out or right. oh yeah it even has the homebrew recipe on the back so we gotta oh, keep this nice. and try it out later yeah but uh I guess my top ah it's top nice and well, it's like ASMR that crack oh right yeah. the poor <laughs> there it is yeah beautiful crystal clear beer. Wait, foamy head, lots of tiny bubbles. Tiny bubbles make me happy. It's almost got like a lemon yeah. lemon note on the nose. Well, describe to me what's going on there, because like I said yeah, before, yeah. Here, I've, I've some... literally got a glass of water, so I'm just trembling <laughs> with frustration over here. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so it? so I'm taking in the aromas. It's got like a little bit of lemon. You could like you almost get more aroma off the CO two, like you get that mm-hmm. carbonic bite on the nose. Yeah, it's kind of a light, dry. I mean, it's a little malt for, but yeah, there's definitely like the noble hops kind of in there. Let's see what kind of hops they use in this one. Yeah, definitely tastes more like a noble hop. Uh, G R Aurum A U R U M. Yeah, five percent mm-hmm. alpha. So yeah, yeah, like Wait, a noble style kind of hop. They ground up a Utah senator and threw him in here. Uh, that's Aurum. <laughs> Uh, R.I.P., but really, <laughs> good no. Yeah. No, it's a really light, dry, this is a good, like, summer beer, something you yeah. could drink Ooh. when it's icy cold and it's, like, 100 degrees out yeah, I guess it's on like your porch. Yeah, I 5%, oh, 4.8% alcohol by volume, so. Yeah. Not too bad. So, yeah, we may have to post this recipe, let some people make their own. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm going to have to, like, slide into the DMs and get this recipe because you're saying words and I'm liking all of them. <laughs> it sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you're aware. Steve and I are certified beer judges, so oh, yeah. So supposedly we know what we're talking about. <laughs> so do you drink for a living? Uh, not really. I just live to drink. No, I drink for a hobby. <laughs> but I'm certified at it. It's not alcoholism if I've got a certification. That's I've right. Got an I got a piece of paper so. says right here. Anyway, I know what I'm drinking about. Yeah. If there's two things I know, it's cage and carbonated beverages. So don't challenge me. Oh god, I'm Nicholas Cage had a beer. Oh my gosh. Cage (laughs) beer. I think what would be a sour? No. (laughs) What would be the flavor of a cage beer? All right, it's got to be big and but you know what? I think it would be like a barley wine. Like it's got to yeah. be big, malt forward, be but like also hoppy. Everything same... all at once and like twelve percent alcohol. Right, but then there'd be something funky in there where it's like it's a barley wine, but then I added kiwis because <laughs> I love kiwis. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever sampled guava? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Cage is here. Oh my god, is he jumping into our DMs here? What's going on? <laughs> Finally, yes. This is the comet going overhead on this podcast. This is the uh, the correlation that's happening here. I think he would have quite. I would like a just a weird out there flavor though. It'd be um. It's like have have you ever considered that you could taste the color red? And then it was like what what explain that? No. And then I would just drink it anyway. Um. I think there's branding here. I think there's opportunities. I'm seeing yeah. dollar signs in my eyes. 
Ooh, it'd right. be uh, one of the, like an IPA, but it has a durian or whatever in it that, uh... <laughs> oh, the stinky one, the stinky fruit. Yeah. You know what? It's one of those things where I feel like you'd be like, yeah, it's totally beer. And then it would just be tequila in a can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. I, I feel like that would be the most Nick Cage move. Like somebody spilt some Colt 45 in a tequila bottle <laughs> and is like, uh, success. <laughs> <laughs> He, he has quite the affinity with, uh, I suppose, Japan as well. So I wonder if it'd be some oh, yeah. kind of Japanese take, like a like Ooh, a rice lager, like a rice, yeah, a rice or a sake. It'd be something like a, a rice lager mixed with sake, mixed with I don't know passion fruit. Oh God, uh, passion fruit. Yes. Oh God, I just realized it's Nicolas Cage. It's going to be like a like a rice lager, like like just something super super light, like a sing tao. But then it's going to have like a like crawfish boil juice in it for New Orleans. <laughs> yes. And it's big I mean, and bold and spicy. I mean, yeah, New Orleans does make sense for him too. <laughs> it would be served in an animal skull of some description. Yeah, oh, absolutely. either an animal skull or some sort of pyramid can. <laughs> like, like, how do you even open this? I'll just crack the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it. I feel like you'd have to solve some kind of national treasure riddle just so you could open the top of the pyramid, and then you've you've got to solve five different clues. Then you pour it into a rat skull, and you just sup it out of this like little this rat's mouth. Um, I'm kind of into it actually. I know, right? I'm kind of into it. It's like. Yeah, I think it's off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still good because of the experience. Exactly. It's about it's, the journey. <laughs> it's it's like, you know, $500 a pyramid, but 475 of that is the journey. Um, yeah. <laughs> the $25 is just like, whatever. And then you just pour it into your ear or something. I don't know. Um, but there's there's no there's no way I'm drinking it through my mouth. I wouldn't disgrace it with uh, with my silly mouth. It, it, that rat skull's getting blessed. Um, <laughs> it's being uh, I don't know aerosoled or whatever into a room, and you just kind of have to breathe it in. And, yeah. yeah, you have to pay another like a thousand dollar installment to get like a a glass cube that you have to sit inside, and you just <laughs> and ingest yeah, it through your up. skin. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, anyway, speaking of journey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So so yeah. The whole basis of this thing is uh, it starts off with uh, you know this guy Jake Elaine Moosey running through the woods, um, and he's I don't know being shot at by basically predator. Let's be real. Like it's yeah. uh, a <laughs> it's an alien firing these like ninja stars that look like Celtic crosses or whatever. And um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the deal is with that. But he like goes off the edge, jumps into the water hits his head, and so the rest of the movie, he's got amnesia, and so he doesn't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. Uh, easily 70% of the dialogue in this movie is people asking him, what are you doing here? What's the thing? Like, I don't know. I think I have amnesia. What do you mean you have amnesia? Like, everybody just answering <laughs> questions with questions, and it's like, we gotta stick to the plan. What plan? You don't remember the plan? It's your plan. No, I don't remember... I've written down like 10 times in my notes. Bitch, I have amnesia. I don't know. Right? <laughs> Just move along, guys. I know we have to drag it out to 90 minutes. Oh, wait. It's 112 minutes or something? Fuck. I know. But this was unnecessary, guys. 85% of Jake's character arc is amnesia. I hardly know. Um, <laughs> I was like... It, he spends most of his time, as you expertly put there, 
be like, uh, don't know, but can fight, or asking what go on. Me don't know, punch maybe. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. And then it's it, it's people dodging those weird shuriken ninja blades. And I will note as well, with an alarming consistency of people don't seem phased by them. They just whoosh past all the time. Yeah, I, I'm like, I think one of them actually hits someone. Right? <laughs> like in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good... Yeah. Uh, it's not very accurate, is our is our, our Brax, um, who's definitely not a man in a rubber suit. Yeah, definitely um, not. With okay, so the, yeah, the alien design too. Like, yeah, it's a... It kind of looks like like a Power Ranger villain in a way. Like it's just like yeah, a guy in a suit, but it's like yeah. the weird like leather and maybe tubes or something. But then like the the mask you kind of see in, and it's like a fog, and but it like kind of materializes eyes and a face occasionally. And I'm like, so is he just like a smoke cloud or something like contained within the suit? Yeah, like the lost smoke cloud, but given human martial arts form. Yeah, it's like okay, I'll I'll go along with it. This 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 is a great premise. I'm I'm here for it. Let's uh let's keep it going. And then, <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah. I mean this this is the thing like the the premise. And if you look on the poster for this, one of the pull quotes is predator meets mortal combat. And on paper, that's a really fun premise because it could be very Absolutely. over the top and cheesy and dumb fun. But then you don't really get enough of either because you've got and it's a very com i don't know if convoluted it's just muddled i think is the word to describe the plot an alien that comes to earth once every six years and six is such a weird number yeah. to have yeah, it's not, five, not a generation ten. like mortal Kombat. it's like eh, six years he gets he gets bored he doesn't have the patience of <laughs> outworld or whatever you know yeah well yeah. and like every six years is like so nobody else noticed this Except for, like, two people. Well, yeah, like, this remote temple in Burma slash Myanmar. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, like but the only, pe- the only people in the entire world who know are, like, a fisherman and his wife. Yeah. And then apparently this elite squad of, like, I don't know, the fucking Kumites. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like the Mortal Kombat one. Like, they have to... They go out in search of these ultimate warriors and bring them back to the island or, you know, whatever. Yeah scenario it is i don't know i guess we'll find out in the sequel when there's an actual tournament but (laughs) (laughs) but i kind of low-key wanted this to be like a kumite thing where like he had no he has amnesia because like they either pumped him up with too many drugs to like (laughs) kidnap him and like drag him out to fight this thing or like he got bonked on the head too hard and be like you you don't remember getting kidnapped from like i don't know working the new york like shipping port (laughs) (laughs) no yeah. It's. I mean, you'd think as well because the the film makes a big point of looking at the giant blue comet in the sky, and I think like no no one else no one else is seeing this. No astrologists, you've not yep. none of you none of you have yep. seen this. Okay, okay. Quick question: What the fuck does the comet have to do with anything? It's that's where he rides in on the. No, he rides in on the <laughs> fucking portal. Well, I think the comet activates the portal. It, it's like the 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 antenna the, mm-hmm. your cell yeah. phone cell phone antenna yeah. or whatever. Exactly. He's 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 saddled at the little cowboy hat, just like cowboy hat in the air, riding it, <laughs> galloping on it. Um, just, Where's that scene? Just he's a space cowboy. Oh shit! <laughs> he's a space. Ready for that? He's basically Jamiroquai. He's the space cowboy. 
Um, <laughs> I've solved it. The, the, the Brax is Jamaraqua. I've solved it. Yeah, yeah, um, that's it. <laughs> oh, if he started doing the little dance or whatever in the middle of his fight, and like, oh shit. Ah, uh, <laughs> if he. If he had just like a collection of like spiky crystal hats that just changed throughout the film, I'd have so much more respect for what I was watching. <laughs> if, they, if they went all in, right? Uh, so, so yeah, I guess I guess the way the movie goes is yeah, Jake's picked up or yeah, he's picked up by the uh, fisherman and his wife, and they're like, oh, this white guy's mostly dead. Let's take him to the the military base nearby. Okay, cool. And then the oh, military oh, no, is it's like, a, and she's like, husband, you have to do this. And he's like, eh. I, I gotta take care of these fish. I, I fished. <laughs> I gotcha. Oh, you're so lazy. I'll do it. <laughs> I do like the wife in this. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm she's gonna great. argue she's the strongest female character in this. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a, there's an argument to be had there. Um, <laughs> going straight up to the army, taking no shit, saying like, "This guy's your problem now." And then, you know, I'm, I'm jumping oh. ahead a little bit here, whipping out a shotgun at the end. All right. Right? <laughs> oh, but this is where this is where we meet our translator, who he's not gonna fucking stop the rest oh, of this Jesus. movie. Text played by uh, the guy from My Name Is Earl, I think. Yeah, yeah, whose whose entire thing is to sort of translate poorly and then just point. Actually, no, his two main things are translate, and he is the giver of grenades. That's all he does. Um. I don't know. What. Well, well, if he did either job well, it wouldn't be that irritating. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's more like she she's like given the backstory of like, oh yeah, every six years on uh, you know through the portal and at the temple of death or whatever, blah blah blah. And he's like, I don't know, so, something about using comet makes you infertile. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, remember, I told you about this six years ago, twelve years ago. I keep telling you about this, and you're like, <laughs> this crazy lady, what's she on about? <laughs> Apparently the army has never had a decent interpreter for, uh, God put me on the spot, Burmese? Uh, I mean, Mi- this... Myanmarish? I-, I don't know what the, the language uh, yeah. is. That's, and that's just it, they're not really sure if they're in Burma or <laughs> Myanmar, which also is like... <laughs> But whatever, uh, yeah, you know what, though, that feels like it might be the most accurate thing in this movie. The, <laughs> the American incompetence, o- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the American military <laughs> occupying a country for, like, 30 years and not knowing the language still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean... I, I just, why why are, are they there? It's, I think, I'm not sure why they're there, but I know it differently, um, at two points they just say the word plutonium quite loudly, so... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, the, the was it like the the Valley of the Temples or whatever. It's like nobody goes in there because of the radiation levels and plutonium or some some jargon, whatever. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. So roll credits. Are we done here? No, no. Of course, that's not. <laughs> What's yeah. the most sci-fi word we can just throw out there that sounds plausible but means plutonium. nothing? It it. Uh, then just screaming plutonium and reminded me of a time a few years ago when I had a, a, a landlord and I'd asked them to come round to check my sink because the tap was just uh, a very violent pressure of hot squirt of water and I was like, this isn't right, this isn't how taps work. I've seen taps before, this isn't right. And obviously knowing I was right, she just turned round and in an Australian accent, because she was Australian, not just making this up to throw me off the scent, she just went, uh, Legionnaire's disease. And she just started screaming Legionnaire's disease at me. She's like, have you heard of Legionnaire's disease before? I was like, yes. She's like, oh, it's, it's an inbuilt feature to stop Legionnaire's disease. And then she left. Um, okay. So, so I was like, 
Okay, um, I guess I'll just get Legionnaire's disease then. I don't feel we solved anything today. Um, <laughs> what was I gonna do with my dad? Wait, wait, Legionnaire's <laughs> disease that I think has only officially been diagnosed in like 40 people in the entire history of it. Most of them were in like downtown Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> that is not where I was. Uh, <laughs> So I got I have I have been plutoniumed. Let me put it that way. So I I know nonsense when I see it coming from an official source, which is exactly what this was. <laughs> if you just say a word loudly enough and then leave, who's going to stop like, you? Yeah. Ponder on that, won't uh, you? Okay. <laughs> duh, it's called hashtag America. Right. <laughs> and ponder I did as I looked for somewhere else to live. Um, <laughs> all right so i i guess after a little uh, a couple just gruesome interrogation scenes where steve screaming at the table get on with it uh <laughs> we then get to i i don't know uh, oh yeah it's like a like a hot chick uh marie agravopolis or whatever i think I forget, her name's like mia or something in the movie yeah uh, the, her and elaine moosey i think are dating now good for them uh, <laughs> but uh she's like well Maybe we try the soft approach. I'm going to take him out for some air, you know, try to get on his good side. So maybe he'll start answering and I've just written down, he has fucking amnesia. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but while they're out for the walk or whatever, we then see this mysterious, uh, these monks just start walking in and behind him. <gasps> Holy shit. It's Ungbok, the <laughs> Mai Tai warrior. <laughs> and he just starts. Okay. I'll say this about the movie. The action scenes very well done. They know how to do an action scene. Yeah. There's only a couple parts like because we get this like one shot like follow through like Tony Jaw whooping asses and like jumping up on walls and like running across them and beating some more ass and dodging you know gunfire and doing flips and you know his Mai Tai shit where he like breaks people's limbs by like using his arm and like thinking hard. Yeah. You like hear the crunchy noises. Yeah. And then and then he's basically breaking Elaine Moosey out. And then we see, like, Elaine Moosey, like, we see the first-person POV shot of him, like, whooping ass. Like, you see, like, arms coming around. Like, it's a hardcore Henry kind of thing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And, yeah. and the only parts where the, this, like, <laughs> messes with me is when, you know, we're doing the first-person thing. And then, like, he'll get knocked on his ass. And then it's like, he, you know, he's obviously, like, handing the camera off to somebody. And then we, we <laughs> yes. see him kicking some ass. And then it goes back to the first-person POV. And it's like... Just pick one, guys. <laughs> just pick one or do a cut. That's, I don't know. Yeah. It was just yeah. kind of jarring. But but the action's awesome. I so, liked it. All right. So that scene didn't, like, doesn't. Do, like, uh, so the beginning of that scene is amazing where we see Tony Jaw just kicking ass. Yeah. And then the handoff scene is super weird. Would I do appreciate it while it doesn't, like, necessarily work? I appreciate that at least they tried something interesting. Yeah. 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 I'll definitely give them that. Like, it. At least they tried, and it's not the worst action scene I've ever seen. No. Michael Bay, you hack. <laughs> Put him on blast. Tell him. Tell him right now. He knows yeah. what he did, and he knows he can never be forgiven. That's right. <laughs> Would he we interview to... Michael Bay just because he's tangentially known because of the rock for Nick Cage? Yeah, or we just... Oh, he, oh, he, gets a he, loose look, he is going to go to his grave knowing it will never be okay. <laughs> That's right. We'll do Michael Bean instead <laughs> for that rock reference. <laughs> God bless Michael I'm going to say it right now. Michael Bay, you're banned from our podcast. That's right. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've previously banned Daniel Day-Lewis from mine for robbing Nick Cage of the Oscars in 2002. So we're all making enemies here. Yeah. yeah you know what? Daniel Day-Lewis, you're... 
I just want you on the podcast with Nick Cage so we can finally find out who is the greatest living actor. Because I know technically you're still alive even though you're retired, mm. but he's he's the best one working. Let's let's figure it out. Ooh, Cat- you want an act off? Act off. Yeah, <laughs> cowards retire. Come out of retirement, right. cowards. <laughs> yeah, right. Make fucking said it. shoes. <laughs> I fucking said it, and I'll say it again. Uh, but I think. I think to echo your points on the first person fight scenes here, because um, I had I had just eaten, I just ordered like a McDonald's to come, and I'd felt nauseous watching these this camera work because it was kind of like I think as you said, oh they're trying yeah. something different. That's that's kind of interesting. Then obviously it's only for this scene. They don't keep it up for the rest of the film. This is a one off first person thing, but then that's what jarred me as well is that you're supposed to be in the first person perspective of Jake, and then he falls over. And you're in the first person perspective of a soldier, and then you're back to Jake, and then at other points it just stops and it's on a wall. And I, my note was, um, uh, Alan just keeps dropping his GoPro here and like pick, <laughs> pick it up, um, which which is fine. And you, and you get like you know Tony Jar just appears behind monks, and you're telling me like a village of soldiers, no one saw him, no one, no, no one saw him. Like they they do like the action hero sort of um muscular hand clap high five shake hands thing and they're like we gotta go and jake's like i don't know you but all right yeah all right let's walk out of here and they just walk away and i'm like yep. wouldn't they be pursued by anybody or they just kill everybody or i, I don't know whatever yeah. oh by the way if you want to see a very good one shot action movie uh action shot starring elaine moosey and directed by the same guy dimitri Longathesis. watch kickboxer retaliation there's a couple of them in there that are good yes. five to seven minutes and they're well done because, you know, it's a camera guy, you know, <laughs> following Elaine Moosey while beating ass all over, you know, this, uh, it's like a, oh my God, the, not awning, what's the, the scaffolding? Yeah, scaffolding, scaffolding and yes. stuff like that. Like it's crumbling around them and people are getting thrown off and yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. Check it out, guys. You can't it, recommend it enough. I mean, they, <laughs> in Unlike the promotional stuff of this, they do bill very heavily. This is from the director of Kickbox and Retaliation. So it's like they're trying to take a lot of good faith from Retaliation into Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, yeah. um, and they are uh, they are leaning heavily on Retaliation getting people in. And obviously they, they, they've got a big talented cast of martial artists here and they can do it. Mm-hmm. But then especially with the preceding bit with like Tony Jaa sort of just single-handedly taking out a group of masked soldiers, I'm guessing they only had like four stuntmen, so they had to put masks on people so we wouldn't tell it was the same oh, person yeah. again and again and again. Um, you know, obviously Tony Jaa can handle himself, I think we all know that. But then it did feel a lot like they just strapped a camera to someone to a camera operator and just said, just chase him, just run after him. And, <laughs> and try and keep up, getting close. And then there was one bit as well where uh, he he jumps behind a wall and you don't oh, sort yeah. of see the fighting and then you just hear like, duh, 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 duh. and then someone gets kicked through a door and then an explosion just happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I know the exact thing where it's like, it shows him like jumping down. There's like five guys with like AK 47s like pointed at him as he's like jumping down, but it goes that, uh, the camera goes like the other side of the wall. And so you just hear like, ah, like all this. <laughs> and then there's like another soldier guy, like on the other side of like a door on the wall or whatever. It's like, Oh, it sounds like they got him. And then Tony Jaw comes through with his fucking knee, like plow through the door and hit this guard guy. And, and then, yeah, there's an explosion on the other side of the wall or something. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's 
like I want to see what happened on that side of the wall. Did Tony Jaw cram a grenade in a man's ass? Like that's the only way that makes any sense to me. It's the theater of the mind, baby. <laughs> what what didn't happen on the other side of that wall? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just insane. And, and I will say, I think you touched, yeah, you, know, you both touched on this earlier as well. That a lot of the fight scenes are perfectly serviceable and quite well done. I think my issue is, um, well, I suppose a few things. I mean, one, and not to try and sort of like rip too hard. There's obviously budgetary oh, no, constraints. It, it. I'm going to rip really hard. There's obviously budgetary constraints. How dare they? Because there's there's too, there's just too much slow mo. There's I don't need slow mo every time a kick connects. I don't need slow mo every time there's like a spinning roundhouse. There's like obviously I... After Effects CGI. There's the bullet time bullets going past, and the the the, the bullets themselves look like lasers. Um, and a lot of stuff, even like the CGI on on uh, Brax the alien, it all looks cheap. Like if this was, you know, I think we said earlier, he, Brax looks like a very Power Rangers villain. If this was like a Power Rangers fanfic that had been crowdsourced and put out on YouTube, I'd be like, you know what, that was really good. That was really well done considering. But this is like a twenty five million dollar movie. Yeah. You would you wouldn't know. Um, well, okay, so it's twenty five million dollar movie. Five million of that went to Nicolas Cage for his three days of shooting. Notice we haven't mentioned Nicolas Cage in the movie yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 Nicolas Cage doesn't turn up till 40 minutes into the movie. And I, I read this as well. A five week shoot, Cage was there for the first three days, scores five mil. And I say, you know what? Fair yeah. play. Yeah. Fair play to you. But he gets stuck in though, and obviously we'll we'll get to Nick Cage in just a moment. But I will say, um, I the director said in an interview that Cage probably did about eighty percent of his own stuff, um, and he's getting oh, stuck like in. Yeah, because obviously, I mean, obviously in in like the long shots, it's quite yeah. clearly a much younger, slimmer man in a wig. Um, yeah. It's inescapably a different person. Um, but in the closer shots, when the I think when he's having that fight with Jake in the little rabbit hole bunker thing. Um, they're doing some like close-up stuff, and I think he does some meandering sword work later on as well. Um, so he's he's doing a little bit in there, like he's 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 working for his five mil. We can't take that from him. Oh yeah, here's here. Yeah, I mean that's just it. Like Nicolas Cage never half-asses it. This is it. This is the thing. Yeah, like like if you're paying Nicolas Cage five million dollars, like whether or not you're utilizing him to his full extent is a director problem. But he will give you everything like he he can give you. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that the way we've been describing it so far, because I think at this point we're twenty twenty five minutes into the film, if and that, it's yeah. and it's been a lot of it's basically been. There's kind of a sci-fi plot in the background that a fisherman's wife has tried to explain, but mostly it's been a uh, point of view, Tony Jaa, uh, maybe, and it's been lots of flippy, kicky stuff, and um, Jake has a history, and he's been truth-serumed, and he has muscle memory, and there's cartoon blood that comes out when people get kicked and punched and all this stuff, and... <laughs> and um, the telltale sign of a great production is uh, those classic kung fu whooshing sound effects. Anytime anyone does a punch, going. <laughs> it's like, I don't think punches make that sound in real life. You can't lie to me, Dimitri. Not again. 
so what happened? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Jake and Tony Jaw. They're they're. I don't even know if Tony Jaw has a name in this movie because I don't think he says a fucking line either. But mm-hmm. uh, they they walk away and like this. Uh, what looks to looks to be like SEAL Team Six or whatever pops up out of the grass and it's like led by Frank Grillo and Juju Chan's in there too. But there's like four or five guys and they're like, Jake, where have you been, man? And he's like, Wait, what? What what happened? What what? What, who are you guys? I don't know you. Like, well, we got to stick to the plan. What plan? You don't know the plan? Who it's are you? Plan. Are you Are you kidding me right now? And as I've written down, shut the fuck up and answer a question. <laughs> T- take a drink every time Jake's reminded that he can't remember shit. Yeah. Uh, don't. That's the most... poisoning. <laughs> that's, that's the most clear way to make this interesting. This is the thing they they're running away. I said I don't think half the characters have a name unless you look on like Wikipedia or something. Because I don't think I don't even think Cage's character gets officially named. I could be wrong. I, I, but... I they do mention Wiley uh, like once or twice, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? Oh, Nick Cage. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I got roundhouse kick blindness because I definitely just like glazed over a few times in this film going. I need. I, I just. I just need something of substance to happen, please. I mean, okay. Uh, here we go. Uh, Frank Grillo. What do you think his character's name is? Yeah. It's Harrigan. Uh, how about Juju Chan? Yeah. Carmen. Nope. I, I don't think Carmen was ever mentioned. Like, like, like I said, the the Marie Agravopoulos. Uh, oh, her name's apparently Myra. I think that was mentioned once. Uh, Tex, we know. Uh, Tony Jaa is Kyung. Yeah, that was never said. No. Uh, Rick Yoon, who shows up for a cameo. Captain Sand. What? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> it, it kind of shows, though. It, I think it speaks to a broader point with the issue of this movie, is that it does... You know, you've got a big cast of supposedly humanity's finest warriors here um, who just like hiding in wheat fields, apparently. Um, and they, they're supposed to be the best of the best, and it does so little to make you care even about jake really that they're not named you have to go on the internet to find their names and when they die it's kind of like a lot of the times the deaths i think unintentionally quite funny and then you just don't care when they're getting like killed off by brax um and yeah it's really unceremonious yeah well i think there like this scene in particular there's like a thing where like we see like the the you know Brax POV like with the you know the predator kind of like infrared some sort of weird vision or whatever so it's like okay that's the alien we get it yeah and then like one of the guys is like dragged through the wheat field or whatever to like you know you assume be killed like you know torn apart by raptors or something I don't know but <laughs> but instead like he's just dragged for like a quarter mile and then like hops up and is like what the fuck was that and like there's no fighting and then they're like all right cool let's get out of here. And then they like go to the nearest road, and that's when I guess the military starts showing up and like, "Hey, that's our guy, give him back." And then we get the the little fight scene. But it's like, was Brex just kind of fucking with him? We find out later, like, oh yeah, he's trying to get everybody to go back to the temple for some reason. For uh, did we even mention why Brax wants to fight him? We don't, I, I don't know at this point that. in the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, we're not going to know until they just kind of shit at about the end of the second act just <laughs> okay you know that stick all right i don't think if we if we ever really know tr- like truly a hundred percent no full stop of them like 
It's an alien. It's just kind of what he does. It's it's classic <laughs> Brax. It's his thing. Yeah, he shows up every six yeah. years for his little vacation or whatever, and, and has he's like for apparently thousands uh, of years. Yeah, thousands of years. He gave us the chosen jujitsu, the the most incredible of martial arts. And but by the way, a lot of sword play in this in gun play and weapons play for jujitsu, which is kind of more like judo and like MMA, like holds and were, were, flips would you and say shit. Jujitsu, like basically translates to no weapons yeah it it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it it's like clean art or something like that but it's it's very much like yeah no weapons just just using your your body and like the momentum and stuff like that to you know defend yourself for survival or whatever i don't know but yeah it, it, so it's like oh yeah space guy with firing celtic crosses and you know wolverine healing ability and he just wants to come every six years to take on the top eight or nine fighters in the world and you know cripple them maybe kill them depending on how much honor they show in the fighting and it's like (laughs) okay but but, yeah i I don't know if i want to reveal the the whole premise for why he's going around in the world doing all this now but (laughs) do we want to save it or do we just want to throw it out there because there's basically the next 40 minutes of this movie is them just kind of walking around occasionally getting in fights running into nicholas cage and <laughs> i don't know well, do you just want to skip to that part <laughs> well I, th- I, th- I think we'll get there because i still have some issues with the whole like wheat thing and you know what i think they said the idea is that brax is trying to get them to go back to the temple yeah but then yeah. they're just getting indiscriminately attacked by the alien two of them get like electric blasted and then they just stand up and like Nah, that's cool. We'll just carry on as we were. And they're like, yeah. um, and, <laughs> and then they just start fighting the army with a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle assortment of weapons. Yeah. Um, there's like a staff and then there's there's a nunchucks. Um, yeah, there's the night sticks that Tony Jaw uses or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The little sticks and Jake is captured again. Um and then you just, I don't understand why, like, why none of the chosen jujitsu came back for Jake because they were all still there. They were just off camera, just waiting on the side of the road, whilst everyone got a turn fighting. And then they they what made me laugh is that like there was no need for I don't know what the need for them to hide in the wheat field was because they just like pop up like gophers. And my note was like apparently with these are the wheat warriors now. We just hide in. <laughs> In cornfields and just pop up uh, as we yeah, see fit. I, I just kind of assumed that was the meetup. Like, the, they basically told Tony Jaa, like, hey, go bust him out of there. And, you know, when you guys make it out alive, not if, because you're Tony Jaa and Ali and Moosey, uh, meet, meet us back here and we'll, I don't know, pop up, Jack in the Box, surprise him. Yeah. I don't that, know. That seemed to be it. And then, then there's just kind of, a, I don't know, just a scene of soldiers getting laid wasted with the Celtic cross guns and yeah. I think my favourite thing here is that like the, the stars, the Celtic crosses are just being shot and then the whizzing past soldiers and the soldiers don't seem to take any notice of them and then Jake is like, there's, there's two soldiers that walk ahead and Jake goes, they need to stop or they'll get themselves killed. Half, yeah. not even a full second later, half a second later, screaming explosions, the soldiers are dead. Yeah. Um, and then Captain Sam gets a fight. It moves very quickly, and you're just like, uh, where's where's Nick? Where's Nick? Yeah, Please. Right. It doesn't give you time to think, because you, you you think when, you know, when the initial fight there in the wheat field or whatever, they rolled up in Hummers, and I'm like, why aren't they just taking the Hummers back to the base? They gotta walk through this magical fucking jungle that they found 
to get to base. Like, I don't know. What happened to the wheat fields? Yeah, or the Hummers. <laughs> just hop back in there, throw them in the back, and drive off. Just roll credits. No, I don't know. But <laughs> Maybe that would be against alien politics to use a vehicle. Because oh. we get we get alien politics 9 through 15. I want to know what's 1 through 8. That's uh, my question. Is it is it no cars? Um, is uh, it you've, you've got to bow to the alien if he respects you? I think uh, number one, phone home. Number two, uh, <laughs> if it bleeds, we can kill it. Uh, number uh, three, <laughs> uh, uh, blast the bitch from orbits. The only way to be sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I think alien politics, at least number eight, is you will give Nicholas Cage as many chances to restart the fight as he wants. Yeah. He took a lot of mercy on Nick Cage, and I respected I respected Brax for that. Oh, he knows who yeah. the star is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all do. And speaking of, forty minutes in, uh, Nicholas Cage finally appears. How was it for, for for you guys when when we finally get a confirmed Golden Hog sighting? Oh, when, when Elaine Moosey's running through the jungle and falls into a hole, and like, oh, it's the secret lair of. Hermit Ninja Nicolas Cage. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> right? Like, well, I, I wish I were the, that lucky going on a hike. I just want wow. the movie that's that. The life of Hermit Ninja Nicolas Cage. <laughs> like him just like, I don't know, arguing with like a raccoon that's stealing shit out, of, like stealing his food. And... Nicolas yeah. Cage in a Winnie the Pooh movie. That I want Nicolas Cage in the Thousand Acre Woods or oh whatever. Oh my god. <laughs> I like to imagine like just the prequel to his story was just Pig. And then suddenly he's fighting. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> and then, oh shit! And then he goes perfectly. to Myanmar. He accidentally gets abducted by aliens. They decide it, he's too crazy to live. <laughs> Went hunting totally, for truffles. Got hunted totally, himself. That totally checks out. I'd, I'd be down. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, who knew the seedy underbelly of Portland and its oh, Fight Club scenarios that had all the time? Oh, I'm sorry. Is that a future episode? Never mind. Spoiler. Spoilers. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying there are links here. There are there are Cajun links. This is all a connected universe. I've talked the about yeah. uh, the Nicolas Cage multiverse of sadness before, and this is <laughs> it's all linked. It's all linked. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So we've we've officially discovered that Pig is a prequel to Jujitsu, <laughs> uh, which you know, given the arcs of these characters, checks out. Absolutely yeah. checks out, and I cannot be swayed. I cannot be swayed otherwise. Um, but then when we get Cage, and then the first thing he does, he immediately throws a blade at Jake. And I'm like, all right, finally, something interesting is happening. We've got an interesting character here, people. And it's only taken 40 minutes. Um, what did you think <laughs> of the of, of the Jake and Cage um, fight slash display uh, here of newspaper hats? Yeah, the newspaper hats thing, I was like... I wonder if Nick wrote that in himself. Like, he just kind of improved it or whatever. Oh, I feel like half of Nicolas Cage... Based on the dialogue of all the other characters, Nicolas Cage improved all of his lines. I can see it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he could like, be contained. I, I don't want to just ask a bunch of questions back and forth for the next five minutes, so I'm going to improv. Is that cool? Look, and of course, my, my char- yes, Master. <laughs> look, look, my character's already asked him if he can remember anything. I don't think I need to ask it seven more times. Instead, I, I think I'm just going to, like... Talk about how I'm too crazy to, like, be around aliens. <laughs> I mean, I say, Nick Cage, if you are taking a fifth of this film's budget, then you're owed a fifth of the dialogue. 
as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as is your right. It's like, okay, Nick, so in this shot, we just need you to sort of sit in the chair and just look uh, quite eccentric. And he goes, and it, suddenly he's going, my hat, it has three corners. And he's just like, <laughs> he's just doing his own thing. Like, roll, roll, roll right now. Um, <laughs> he just starts reciting other random movies, like like he's he starts quoting Miami Connection or some shit. Like <laughs> my mother was Korean, my father was Black American. <laughs> like oh, please go Nicolas Cage, <laughs> please please continue. <laughs> it's people. Soylent Hog is people. <laughs> uh, 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 just just read to me, Nick. That's what I want from this film. I want you to read to me. Um, well, I will say he gets, I think, really the only quotable stuff from this movie. Um, yeah, again, I think that's why I think he made up his own lines because the major problem with this is, is the script, right, guys? Yeah, more, more, more like more the, the dialogue, dialogue than like, anything, yeah, really, really kills a lot of the momentum. Mm. Yeah, it's it's it's. Nicholas Cage, who sort of, I feel I can't even really call him the glue based and everything else. He's he, he's more just like that, like a blue tack or just a frayed <laughs> a frayed string uh, atop a, a candle flame that's holding this together. Um, but it's just coming apart at the seams. I mean, he he is the one who basically figures out that none of the other chosen jujitsu could that uh, Jake has got amnesia he's not all there in the head like his mind's all messed up he's crazy like me um and like yeah that's the that's the scene you put in the trailer to get my attention <laughs> yeah uh, uh, then uh, yeah they they're like walking to the temple but then they have to split up for some reason because i guess they decide like hey we're gonna fight this brax but we're not gonna do it at the temple we're gonna split up into whatever and whatever jake goes off with team fodder as i have him written down in my notes because it's like it's it like, like team fodder in yeah here? yeah basically tony joff rank gorilla juju chan all the stars they go off on one team and they're like well jake since you're the lead you go with the rest of the unnamed characters <laughs> since and you we'll know see the plan happens. right because it was your plan i don't what? remember anything yeah yeah it's like well maybe maybe the fodder do but yeah uh yeah basically brack shows up starts <laughs> I don't know, they have like a sparky little sword fight and like roundhouse kick. The one guy is like like totally doing like roundhouse kicks and shit like that, but then I guess he nicked his inner thigh on a blade while he was spin kicking or something. I I don't know. It yeah, shot he, a little weird. So this is so what I got from the scene was we see that Brax is sort of weak if he gets hit in the face. Cause oh, he sort okay. of starts like stuttering for a second so the guy keeps doing it and then brex just brex like just has enough momentum to sort of just pull out the blade and the guy basically slices his big artery in his leg yeah like his femoral like himself but yeah they didn't shoot it the greatest so it's just sort of like did he is he peeing himself what's happening (laughs) (laughs) it bleeds when he pees and then okay and also in this scene, Brax is, like, firing the Celtic cross things at, at the guys and killing them. Well, like, I thought you spent, like, five minutes of the movie talking about how he wants fair play only and blah, blah, blah. And they're not even using guns, but he's just like, whatever, toot, toot, soup. Yeah. Uh, Brax, which is it? Brax is <laughs> he's, he's very lenient with his own rules of honor. He'll bow to some people 
Um, but then others, he'll he'll shoot across at you if he straight up disrespects you. Um, yeah. He will bow to you if you're Nicholas Cage. If you're anywhere in between that metric, so basically on the far bottom end, it's a soldier. The top end of respect is Nicholas Cage. If you're in the middle, then you're either going to get stabbed, blasted in the face, or he's going to touch you with a hot hand and yeah, scu- well, <laughs> and scold. He's going to melt your face off and then snap your neck. <laughs> He's going to snap a neck and cash a check is what he's going to do. That's um, right. So it, it's there's no rhyme or reason as to who he he's going to respect and who he's just going to just absolutely raw dog in a fight. Um, some people he'll roll around with on the floor and he'll give you a good little, I guess, a jujitsu-ish yeah. kind of yeah, scrap. The- that that's the one bit of like jujitsu in the movie when they start doing like the MMA like arm bars and stuff. But of course, because he's Brax, he just kind of like lifts the guy like right up it. Like, nope, you're I'm too strong for this shit. And then like <laughs> I, I don't know, backbreaks him or you know tosses him into a tree or some shit. So at some point, like right around here, we find out that basically like the more Brax respects you, the more he wants to draw the fight out. So I guess the guys he just chops their heads off he has no respect for. Yeah. And then yeah. um and then except for I think we're almost there that we find out uh he doesn't respect Elaine Moosey, but he wants Elaine Moosey to suffer, so he's yeah. gonna kill everybody in front of him, then kill him. Kill everyone you love and then I'm gonna fight you and finish you or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Wiley sort of lays out well, as we said, Alien Politics 9 through 15 is about basically if you give Brax the fight he wants and you die bravely, then he won't destroy a town. Which was very small scale, considering. Yeah. It's, it's basically he'll come through the portal, he'll look for the chosen jujitsu. We don't know how the chosen jujitsu are selected or how they came together or how they're aware of Brax or anything like that. And there seems to be the has to, he has to fight specifically nine jujitsu per excursion. Um, but if you offend him or don't give him the fight that he wants, he'll just destroy a small town. He won't go on world conquest. That's not his deal. He'll keep well, yeah, it localized. Well, he he has the hunting license for nine jujitsu masters, and, <laughs> you know, from the uh, intergalactic uh, bureau of land management or whatever. And so he's, <laughs> he, he, he's he's getting those those nine skins right. Uh, yeah. All the other guys, they, they they attacked me. It was self-defense. The the deer was coming right for me, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, uh, but but it, but it it's like, oh, but, you know, if things don't go as planned, then it's like, well, fine, I'm just going to leave by a little bomb. And you can't blow up the whole planet. Like, no, no, no. You have to you burn know. out the den. Like, the, yeah. like oh. it's like when you're hunting. Like, if you can't, okay. if you can't catch all of them, then you just have to burn out their den and try and, like... Smoke them, out. smoke them out for next time so they won't infest that area <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like when my dad lit all the bees on fire in the ground not the yeah, bees, the bees how'd that, how that work out besides was... flaming bees taken out of house <laughs> you're they invoking the wicker myth <laughs> true story we had uh, hornets that built a ground nest like they dug a little hole Right. And they were, like, in the side of a hill. So my dad was a little drunk. He squirted, like, <laughs> half a can of uh, a fire starter down the hole, lit a match, and threw it in. Turns out hornets can fly when they're on fire. So they all flew That's out. terrifying. We had goats at the time because we had a goat farm. And so they were chasing the goats. And then they flew towards the house. And my dad stuck my, like, nine-year-old sister on the roof with a hose. 
to keep the house from burning down. This is a biblical event that you are describing. (laughs) This is incurring the wrath of God. (laughs) This is like a Thursday night at my house when I was a child. (laughs) The third curse of Ramses was flaming wasps. (laughs) (laughs) But the wasps didn't go back to the the nest. (laughs) Jesus. Rule seven of the Golden Hogacies. Do not invoke bees in his presence or your goats will suffer. A flaming consequence. <laughs> Jesus, that's ter- that's terrifying. That's nightmare-inducing. <laughs> where's where's that shirt, babe? <laughs> <laughs> the more Steve finds out about my childhood, the more he realizes more, why I am the way I am. The more it makes sense. That's true. <laughs> Piecing these bits together. Um, fill, getting that, uh, that, that honeycomb puzzle, if you will. Making it all make sense. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, tying the pieces together, okay, Elaine Moosey. Now, 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 Jake. He's alone. Uh, the, all team fodder has been killed off by uh, Brax or whatever, and Jake, in the Jake fashion, is running the fuck away. Uh, but then he, I, I, I must have looked down because all I heard was a thud, and he was like, you know, like faded to black, like he got knocked out. I'm like, of course, he's alone. He immediately got knocked out. <laughs> and, then, and then when he wakes back up, Rick Yoon is still alive because he got the the flaming hand to the face or whatever earlier in the movie. But luckily, he came back to basically say, uh, "Hey, you know, we've been following this guy for twenty four years. Uh, the only weakness we found is it takes him about five or six seconds to heal Wolverine style. Anyway, I'm gonna go yeah. die now. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like." Hi, I'm Captain Sands. Here's some exposition and a sword. You're welcome. Um, yeah. And then he just pieces out and and dies, yeah. um, basically. Yeah. Um, and Jake just calmly walks off screen mm-hmm. and then apparently walks right into Nicolas Cage at a campfire. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to say this must be near the <laughs> temple where their end destination was or something. Uh, that's the reason he found him? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the, the round the, uh, the campfire, and then you get the flashback to the very start of the film that basically Jake is a coward, and he yeah. ran away when um, Brax came through the portal. Um, um, <laughs> Wiley's just like he's not even trying to sugarcoat it. He's like, oh no, everyone thinks you're a coward. Everyone thinks you suck. <laughs> uh, you you could not be less liked if 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 I just started if I pulled my hog out and started pissing on people. Honestly, you scum around here. We call you the scum. We call you the scum jitsu, actually. Um, but for some reason, we're all uh, gonna follow your plan. Yeah, the one that we also adamantly refuse to tell you what it is. Yeah, we're not even gonna give you hints or clues or anything. Like you just kind of have to remember it if you want. <laughs> all we're gonna tell you is that you're a rabbit, and then that's gonna not make any more sense later in the film. We're never gonna address that. So here we are, Jake, you loser. Um, oh. And then we also find out that Cage apparently fought Brax six years ago, um, and appar- but apparently he froze up too, and he was like, yeah, he thought I was crazy, and there's no honor in killing crazy, so as, as long as he thinks I'm crazy, we're cool, you know? Like, <laughs> he, he doesn't want anything to do with me. Cage pleaded insanity and got off scot-free. Um, yeah. Like, he was good. Cage was good. He could have gone home, but he decided to stick around and just do some flips and make paper hats. Yeah. Uh, so... I think if they if they maybe they'd expanded that a bit more because there's there's a much more interesting backstory with Cage's character here 
Um, even if they had, I don't know, they they had the stunt people available to do like a, a young cage kind of thing. It's like, why have I got to see uh, Jake running away when I can see young Cage and have a redemption arc? They're like a fuller redemption arc. To, to be fair, it's like six years younger Nick Cage, so we're talking like USS Independent, uh, Indianapolis or whatever era Nick Cage. So <laughs> yeah. like, has anything really changed we since 2014? Like, tri- you could have just trimmed him up, give him the shorter hair and whatnot to be right. younger Nick Cage. <laughs> he's, he's had the same face now for about 15 years. He just yeah. one day he just went like oh smooth beautiful cage and then he just had like pronounced wrinkles on his cheeks as like you just there was no in between he just advanced yeah, it sort of man. just collapsed and, and now he's uh, even more distinguished he's a gentleman a gentle hog we call him uh, in uh, <laughs> <laughs> the gentle hog <laughs> doth, doth the cap to my to my golden leader <laughs> Uh, what happens for Oh yeah, so, yeah. Basically, he says like, "Well, well, I guess now he's just gonna mess with you and kill everyone you like, and then he's gonna kill you, and then instantly flop. A dead body is thrown. And it's like one of the the fodder guys from earlier. So it's like, <laughs> oh, Brax is listening to this whole conversation and just kind of watching from the shadows, right? But yeah. then Tony Jaw just kind of walks into screen. It's like, did Tony Jaw throw the body? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. why is he alone? And then the rest of the team kind of enters screen. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> what? Tony Jaws had a fight off screen apparently because he's got like a like a little burnt shoulder or something. So he might have had a fight with oh yeah Brax, but that's never established. Um, he just rocks up, sort of hobbling. My favorite bit is when the body falls into shot, like obviously dead, dead as fuck. Like he just walks. Yeah. Jake walks over to him and checks for a pulse. I'm like, come on, man, yeah. <laughs> you gotta. I, cut I the think losses. I made the joke where he like looked back at Cage. I went, he's dead, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta gotta cut the losses on that one, um, and then Brax clears out um, at least three more of the jujitsu here. Uh, no, two. The, he fights three but kills two of them because Juju Chan is blocking Ninja Stars with nunchucks like a goddamn um, like the reflexes of, of an absolute monster. Just go, yeah, just like Deadpool with swords or whatever. Just like bullets. Fuck that. Cling 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 every time. But yeah, but and then there's the other lady who I assume has a name, but I don't know who she is the or whatever. It's, maybe it's... girlfriend? No, no, the other one, the okay. one with long hair. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's and, it's and not like, important. It's not and then important. Frank Grillo comes in with his knives or whatever, but he ends up getting killed. And <laughs> I found this scene incredibly funny. Um, <laughs> there's the lady with the long hair gets thrown into the spikes and sandwiched. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Frank yeah. Grillo. Throws a knife at uh, Brax, who then uses to cut someone else's throat. Hilarious. And then Frank Griller says, you know, don't back down, double down. So far, the knives have not worked. What am I going to do? Pulls out two more knives and then uh, gets immediately killed. Um, Yeah. Very, very... um, I felt bad for Frank Griller because of the jujitsu, he was my favourite. He was the one that had at least a bit of gravitas, I felt. But yeah. then he fl- he flips the double birds, gets yeah. <laughs> falcon kicked slow mo backwards. I'm like, well, this shouldn't have been as funny as it was. But Frank, <laughs> Frank you Grillo, almost expect like a soundbite of like as they're like <laughs> off screen, like a like a goofy yoo-hoo-hoo-y. exactly. Uh, Frank Grillo deserved better. He deserved a better death. I think that's my that's my takeaway here. I don't know about you. Yeah. 
But, but you know, I I assume I assume Frank Grillo was there for maybe five days of shooting, <laughs> as much as he's in the movie, and he, he probably got a nice two three mil. So good for him. <laughs> yeah, he he did he did well, Frank Grillo. Um, yeah. And then Brax just disappears. He doesn't like fighting like one after the other. He likes to have a little break. He just does that. I don't know that kind of like million dollar man kind of. Running away, and then it'll look whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zoidberg's out. Yeah. million shadows behind him. Yeah. He's, I mean, realistically, he is the million dollar Zoidberg. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. He was, a sh- he was a shrimp under the whole time. Yes! <laughs> He's shrimply amazing. <laughs> shrimply the best is, is, what he, is what Brax is. Um, and then we get. And this was kind of um, a fight scene which I thought I was going to be a bit more excited for because eventually we get to Tony Jar and Jake versus Brax. I was like, okay, yeah. more Tony Jar's never a bad thing. Sign me up for that. And what sort of... And it was fine. It was one of the better fights I thought. But I think what took me out is that they were fighting through that stone archway, uh, quite a limited sort of set to work with, and at certain points you could just see the stone just wobbling when they yeah. got kicked in. When they got kicked yeah. into it, and I was like, "Oh God, any good faith I have is gone again." We still don't know what the plan is for Jake here, other than just to run as the rabbit. Yeah, yeah. Basically, Tony Jaw gets like thrown into a boulder, and the boulder shatters or whatever. So, like, Tony Jaw's like out, like, like he's not dead or whatever. He's like, oh, I can't move. <sighs> And like finally rest or whatever but then yeah jake just starts running off but then uh like nick cage like stabs the spaceman or whatever last minute and then we get the real boss battle cage versus spaceman yes <gasps> which is uh, you know like somehow the best fight in the film because again we've said before um I think on the very close-up stuff cage is wielding the sword and he's doing some little spins and stuff obviously far away it's clearly a stuntman. Um, but they bow to each other. They have some honour there. They do some ground scrapping. They pretzel their legs together. Cage is flipping about. <laughs> oh, meow. <laughs> um, but I like that Cage gets knocked down maybe 15 times and every time is like, come on, buddy. Brax is like, come on, get back up, champ. I've got time yeah. for you. I've got time I'll for wait, you. I'll wait, I'll wait. <laughs> Here's your sword back. You know? <laughs> but the flip side of that is that Cage gets he gets fucked up. He gets beaten up so bad. Yeah. Well, his stunt double gets fucked up. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I did extra appreciate now I'm thinking of it though is like obviously Cage didn't have to do this, but in the scenes again where it's clearly a stunt double or a stunt man operating in his guise, Cage was doing like the voice work, like like ah ah ah. So like he's he's given it all to make it seem like a fuller scene, like it's still him. Um, even when he gets his his back broken over Brax's knee, that's a hard sentence to say. Back broken, yeah. Brax's knee, um, like Batman Bane style. He gets his oh, yeah. throat slit. I was hoping for like one more just guttural cage scream as the blood was going, <laughs> and that would have taken it from like one and a half to two stars for me on cage scream. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah what's the backbreaker throat slash, and then uh, Brax just kind of like rolls the body off of his knee, like, like, and then just kind of like walks away or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> gangster death right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, body drop. Yeah, uh, Wiley got you know 
he got executed. There's there's no two ways about it. Um, I think what I will say about Kaiser, and this is what you touched upon earlier as well, that like he there's a good chance that he's acting in a completely different film <laughs> to everyone yeah. else here. But he gives it a hundred percent. So you know, he's he's doing some of the stunt work, and he's the. And I can't stress this enough. This is not sort of like me trying to you know undercut anyone else, but he is the most watchable part of this film. Um, and in the kind of like the the Yoda sort of sage character that he has, I wasn't expecting him to be in the film as long as he was. He actually got more screen time than I was expecting him to have. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. He got about as much as I expected. Cause I, 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 I watch a lot of these like straight to DVD martial arts movies and stuff where it's always like, oh yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme is in this and blah blah blah, and it's like he's really in like eight minutes of this eighty-five minute movie, but you know it's a pivotal role, so whatever. I really, you know, Dolph Lundgren kind of the same thing, and I don't know, but uh, but yeah, he 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 gave it his all, and I mean in this movie it 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 stands out. But but again, it's just because I think he made his own dialogue. <laughs> the the di- I, I can't stress this enough, guys. The dialogue is bad. But the the, the rest of it, it's like as as long as yeah, it's Predator meets Mortal Kombat, starring some of the biggest action names, just saying stupid stuff between fight scenes. You can tolerate it. Yeah. It's the second time I watched it. First time I, I was kind of angry, but it was yeah. better on <laughs> definitely better on second review. But again, it's frustrating because. You have the greatest, some of the greatest living martial artists on the planet together, and they're not doing everything they could be doing. Yeah. Nobody is fully utilized in this movie. True. But, oh my gosh, what happens next after Nicolas Cage's fatality? <gasps> we then immediately cut to nighttime where they're having like a memorial service or whatever mm-hmm. for him. And uh, I think it's Juju Chan or whatever is like, T- talking to jake and he's like he acted crazy to help you and he's like why why would you want to help me you don't know you really don't remember do you he's your father <gasps> what dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true that's impossible <laughs> you know the thing is i was so bored at this point that i missed one of the biggest twists in the film i missed this entirely i was like ah, <laughs> what? ah. i was i was I was fighting for my own life um, to try and stay conscious at this point, and <laughs> yeah. I miss- I missed the twist that Nicolas Cage was Jake's dad. But then, like, I sort of read about it afterwards. I was like, "This did not affect my enjoyment of the film in any way, shape, or form." Yeah. <laughs> added nothing. Added nothing. Well, it's very easy to miss because immediately after saying this, they just kind of look at each other and then they start making out, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's how you <laughs> handle grief, I guess." Yeah. In uh in the words of like, uh of one of our favorite podcasts, Happily Ever Aftermath. So when did they fall in love? I guess we found <laughs> out the the corpse they were commemorating was actually his father, and it's like, well, <laughs> bang him while you got him, I guess. <laughs> in Bermuda, grief is an aphrodisiac. Um that is uh that is a lie, please Bermuda do not cancel me. Um Oh, oh no, if, if there's one thing we've learned from movies on our podcast if you have a sad story, that's like oh. a one-way ticket to Pound Town. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like if you're sharing, like, your whole, like, you know, I was raised to blah, 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 abuse, blah, 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 then they died, and I've been struggling ever since, then it's like, get inside of me. <laughs> that's how women work. Pretty much. Right? 
<laughs> Nothing makes me rage like a corpse, baby. Yeah. Um, so that's that's movie logic, people. Don't question it now. Um, but yeah, like I, I I tuned back in at the kiss. I was like, duh, duh. I was like, what? Why? What happened? Huh? So like they're sort of. It's very forced, this romantic connection between Jake and Carmen. And it's kind of implied earlier when she's, like, just just touching his body. When she's yeah, just, right. like, ooh, firm. I'm like, yeah, okay, so so they're banging, right? Okay, cool, got it. So, like, like that's just it is back to, like, the, the script is rough. Like, if they had a relationship <laughs> beforehand or whatever... Like, I don't know, they could have taken a moment to have a scene, like, have a scene with a girl in it where she's like, you know, it like, you know, like, oh, I, like, I can't believe he doesn't even remember that we've been married for four years or like yeah. some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, they, they they could have taken just a quick beat just to establish any, anything, literally anything. Um I know we keep talking about this, but the only thing they establish about Jake is that he doesn't remember things. I was like, I need you to remember. And, you know, just like jumping ahead a few minutes here, the the way that he remembers that he can fight is because he gets choked. He gets choked so hard his memories come back. (laughs) I believe that's called uh, autoerotic memory retention or something (laughs) like that. Yes. Oh, have we addressed the uh, the comic book scenes? No, we have not. No. Because, no. Like, like transitions right or whatever. Yeah. Which yes. I don't hate, but were not used enough to make it a thing. They were just enough to be jarring. Yeah, I I like it because it's basically like chapters. But the, yeah. the thing is, it'll like transition from like picture end one scene to the beginning of the other. But like the panel is like it was like the feet of the monks as they were like walking or whatever. I'm like, that's not a panel in a comic. I, okay. But when it goes back to live action or whatever, yeah, it starts the feet and that pans up to show that they're monks. And I'm like, if you're going to do the comic thing, do the fucking comic thing, you know? Yeah. They, they use it <laughs> yeah. better in the second half of this movie, like right around Nicholas Cage's death. They, yeah. Well, cause it's always Jake running to the yeah. next chapter or whatever. It's always a scene of him running and then transitioning to him running in a different location, like in a temple mm-hmm. or in yeah. the jungle or yeah. the desert. He's or channeling or... Tom Cruise. He's just running. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I, I wish they kind of either committed to the comic book stuff more because if you're not even vaguely aware that this is loosely adapted from a, a comic that the director also made but is also yeah. entirely different from then the comic stuff is kind of a little bit like just seems like a weird choice especially some of the scenes like just the feet they start on if you like monk feet then i guess you're in for a good thing but it's just very <laughs> just very sort of saturated oh, it's like and and aren't we here come on we're all friends <laughs> um, but there just kind of like wasn't enough just to establish that this is kind of like going all in on the comic stuff and I, I was trying to look into the comic as well because it's um it, it's focused on like a like a wrestling coach who's been sort of brainwashed to basically be the the chosen in that as well so it's, it's slightly different but then I found one review on Amazon that said um, uh, which was a one star review of the Jujitsu comic that reads and I quote the comic was packaged well. I wouldn't recommend the comic. So if that doesn't sell you <laughs> on the packing abilities of Amazon, then I don't know. I don't know what will. That is in my basket as we speak. What? Wait a minute. A wrestling coach that was brought into a, a tournament of intergalactic blah blah blah. 
are we sure Mortal Kombat 2022 or whatever didn't steal from the, the comic book? <laughs> we can't. A... We cannot know who stole from what at this point in time. Um, I, I mean, if Jiu-Jitsu had just brazenly had um, just Scorpion or something, then they're like, okay, that at least I know where I stand. Uh, but they, they, they couldn't even give us that. Well, maybe next time. Jiu-Jitsu Jiu- 2, 2026, right? <laughs> Uh, See, every six years, right? Isn't that how it goes? <laughs> the fast jujitsu and the furious jujitsu. Let's let's just get a whole I mean. franchise out of this thing. Um, <laughs> but then, but then we've got like the big, the climactic battle at the end. Um, I mean, we've got Tex is back. The fisherman and his wife are back. They bring in <laughs> grenades. They're bringing a shotgun. Um, and then we get the fight. And then Brax is winning. And as I've said. Uh, Jake suddenly remembers that he can fight because he gets choked. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's I, getting choked out. Comes, thinks of his father, and then instantly starts punching back. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's possessed by the spirit of like his his father. He becomes uh, spiritually the Bronze Hog. Um, <laughs> the um, Hog is within me. <laughs> uh, you were the Hog the whole time, time, time. <laughs> You're the oh my god! You're the hog now, hog. Wait, <laughs> trying you're to the fighting ch- forester, but it's walking. you are the chosen hog jitsu. Um, <laughs> and then this 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 a completely throwaway thing where I mean, as a viewer at least, you find out that fire sort of scrambles Brax's heat predator vision thing, and then it's such a ten second thing that does not come back into the fight at all. Um, it just enables Jake to get in a quick kick um, before the rest of it. And then he has... This is basically what I call in action scenes, and you may be quite experienced with these. Um, the John claude Van Damme second wind, as I like to call them, yeah. where you're wearing the tightest denim, um, and then you suddenly you just take a deep breath, you roundhouse kick someone through a window, and you win the fight. This, these yeah. are the principles of the John Claude Van Damme second wind, which is a. It's almost like Elaine Moosey is kind of the new Jean Claude Van Damme, being the star what? of the kickboxer movies. <laughs> it's all connected in the multiverse of sadness. This is yeah. this is what this is what I keep saying. Well, I was going to say, you know, we're, we're speaking about him being possessed by the spirit of his father, and then we're, we're, we're speaking about him, he's, he's having, like, audio, audio, like, log flashbacks to, I think it's Captain Sam saying, like, he's, his cuts stay open for five to six seconds, and then they're building towards the grand finale of the fight, where these five seconds take about two minutes. Yeah. Uh, it's... <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, well, the the portal's opening too. Like, like, like apparently it's, I, I, I don't know. He's got a train to catch with this portal. Go back to his homeworld or whatever. But he's got to, you know, kill Jake first. And so, uh, oh yeah, we got to mention uh, Juju Chan. She has these like exploding tip arrows or whatever that they talked about. We're going to talk about the locals and the grenades or whatever. And yeah. so <laughs> she like fires one at a uh, Brax hits him and so yeah there's a a wound in his chest and daryl what happens from there well he's got a wound in his chest and this is why at the same time jake's trying to play like piggyback with him is riding on his shoulders like a megazord um (laughs) he gets a big old pass and a catch from tex crams two grenades into his closing wound and then uh (laughs) 
Falcon kicks him back into the portal where Brax explodes. He goes, I'll get you next time, Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> the portal closes. Everyone's high-fiving. Everyone's taking swigs of beer. Um, and then they just kind of walk off into the distance. What was missing was like an 80s freeze-frame ending. <laughs> just, I want rock! Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Which is what, what I, how I wish it had ended. Unfortunately, it, it, it didn't. But then it, it seems like quite a, a finite ending, saying, well, he's, he's exploded, you don't come back from that. But then Tex just announces, we'll see you again in six years. Like I said, Jiu-Jitsu 2, 2026, baby! <laughs> it's like, I hope you don't see me in six years. Uh, because, if, <laughs> because if Nick Cage is in it, even tangentially in flashbacks, I gotta cover it. So please, oh, he, he comes back as a, a force ghost, like Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, <laughs> Brax revi- revives him. Oh shit! Yeah, that's oh. it. Oh my god, that's how come they don't have like people lose their memories? They died in the last one. Brax brought him back. Oh, that that's another thing. Like when the the portal explodes and all that, and Jake's like running away from the flames and like dives and like hits his head on a a post or a step or something. I'm like. Oh shit, is he gonna lose his fucking memory again? And they're gonna be like, Oh hey, yay, Jake, you did it. Did what? Who are you people? I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> and then roll credits. I'm like, burn this movie. But that oh, didn't happen. No, it's yeah, quite quite a finite ending. And my my sort of like take on Brax here was that like I think it's like, you know, why is he coming to Worth? Are there other planets that he goes to in the um the in the six years in between? Because he's basically uh, like space Cobra Kai fighting his All Valley State tournaments around the universe, <laughs> uh, just just winning, getting crane kicks, and then just trying to uh, avenge his losses again and again and again. So basically, well, here's the real question, Daryl: Do you think he's the only one? Do you think there's not a I don't know a Drax or a Trax or you know like a whole legion of these you know um there's various I, fighters i like to imagine there's three of them called brack sacks and cracks and then they're all just <laughs> they're all just going around just like the charlie's angels of space uh looking for their like la russos to get some vengeance but Look, brax only comes around every six years because he has a terrible work plan he only gets a bit he only gets vacation time once every six years uh, and it. that's why he's so angry <laughs> He, he he works hard for the money, does our Brax? Um, yeah, uh, he's he's a he's a company man, and they're just not giving him that promotion. He's been overlooked by the younger upstarts, the university college upstarts, and he's sick of it. Um, see, even that is a more engaging backstory for Brax than what we don't get here. Um, I I I, I just wanted this to be, you know, I think this is where kind of the comparisons with Predator hurts it a bit because. Like Predator is so good in in its execution in the fact that the Predator's just going around indiscriminately killing people, and it doesn't matter because the film is so fun. But here, he's just he just turns up and is like, oh, got that space traffic, and the only explanation is sometimes Nicolas Cage points to hieroglyphics on a wall. And is like, ah. um, so I, I just I don't know. I think a film like this, you just can't look for sense because it's just not really there. I don't I don't know. You you guys have viewed this twice. I don't know if you've got any more sense to make from this than me. Oh no, 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 no not at all. No. It's <laughs> less excruciating on follow-ups. Yeah, though. yeah. Like I say, we once you know they're just going to say stupid shit, and you can kind of 
block that out because you already know what's going to happen down the road. It's like, okay, cool, cool. Now get, get to the next fight scene. Like, you can almost watch it a time and a half and get exactly what you want. Then it's like, oh, yeah. slow down. Fight scenes are coming on, you know. Right. But, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I joke about there being a sequel coming and blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't know if you did the research. Do you know how much money this movie made? <laughs> Um, I saw um, it was yeah, just okay. just shy of a hundred thousand dollars. Yep, on a twenty-five million dollar budget. So, <sighs> I yeah. mean, I, I think contextually, you know, this is a film that's been released during the eye of the COVID storm. Now, I'm not saying that pre or post pandemic, this would have found an audience and beaten twenty-five million. Um, but I don't know that anyone was going out of their I, way to see this. Like, but, but the problem is, this movie yeah. came out in 2021. If this movie came out like 2020, like after we'd all watched Tiger King, I think it would have made a shit ton more money. It did come out in 2020. I thought, I thought you said 2020. Never. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> Never. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, I mean, I saw Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave it 28. percent There's an audience score of 64. Yeah. percent So there are some people out there that are enjoying this. Guys, it's free on Netflix. So they sold it to Netflix, so they got some of that money back. But I mean, hopefully they did. I don't know. I, I, I know Dimitri's making another movie. Uh, apparently, he's still in pre-production for Kickboxer Armageddon, which is, you know, ending the Kickboxer trilogy, yeah. I assume. Uh, there's another one, though, called Man of War. And this is what it says on IMDb about it. The latest action film from the creator of The Fast and the Furious which follows Ray Miller as he tries to save his sons Luke and Travis from a dangerous drug gang. That's all I got. I don't know who stars in it or is that, anything. Is that like a, like a, a prequel to Lord of War? Oh, shit. Do you think it's Nick Cage? <gasps> Hold oh, on. Jesus. I mean, drugs and drugs. I mean... I'm, I'm, I'm gonna... sure I think, like... With Jared Leto, he's the bad guy in this one, man? <laughs> That's wait, my brother wait, the whole time. From the creator of Fast and Furious, Luke is... Lucas Hobbs, right? Oh shit, it's The Rock. Is is Travis, does he have a brother named Travis? Uh, Hold on. Look it up, see if there's been any updates since I... Do we... we... This this can't be it. We're all adamantly adamantly Googling here. We're we're trying to find a scoop for you dear listeners. Hot man on a job down there. There's just so many movies called Man of War, it's hard to. <laughs> <laughs> there are many men, but there is only one lord, and his name is Nicholas Cage. Yeah! So, <laughs> so I mean, I, th- I think on you know that absolute high note in an otherwise strange, strange film. Um, I think what, what was your final takeaways, your final thoughts? On jujitsu, uh, what, what would they be? Final thoughts. Oh, so, sorry, just uh, I found out why I couldn't find it under Man of War. It's now being called Gunner and is expected in 2023. Boo. Yeah, no, no cast, no nothing. But Boo. It's Gunner, and then under it says, they messed with the wrong guy. So, uh, <laughs> could, be too. could be anyone. Could be anyone. Yeah, uh, so I'm looking forward to Kickboxer Armageddon. No, but uh, Jujitsu. <laughs> I mean, watch it for free on Netflix. I mean, yeah. there, like I said, the action scenes are decent. Like, especially if you watch a bunch of martial arts movies, like all the Scott Atkins and all those kind of like, like Hard Target Two, like all those kind of movies. Give Jujitsu a watch. Why not? 
It's not the worst, but for me it was really disappointing because yeah, as I've said yeah, a couple of it. times now is n- nobody was utilized to their full potential. Yeah. We didn't get full cage rage. We didn't get full like the protector throwing elephants. We yeah. didn't get like we didn't get what we wanted with if, a cast like this if anyone got what they deserved it's tony jaw because he doesn't say a fucking word and he kicks ass for like the five minutes he's on he screen. has like the best scene in minutes. this movie yeah 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 the, the the one shot scene is definitely the most memorable scene of the movie yeah uh you know aside from you know, the nick cage sword fight if you watch it just for those two scenes you got it i think that's exactly it's an uh such an interesting premise on paper but the execution, I just think you can't help but feel a little bit disappointed. Um, the, the the only execution akin to this is that of Nicolas Cage's in the movie is how you're going to feel. Uh, broken backed and broken hearted. Um, <laughs> I think as we come to the end of Jiu Jitsu, um, he's certainly enough for, uh, for me to say, uh, Stephen Izzy, thank you so much for joining uh, to get to the bottom of this one and for the, for the dear listeners here, there, and everywhere in the multiverse of sadness as we're going to get 90 episodes in. Um, where can we find you on the the interwebs, the socials, and uh, all such other places? Yeah, well, well, thank you for having us, of course, Daryl. Yes, thank um, you. You can find us on all the major podcatchers under Everything I Learned From Movies, or hit us up directly on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon at EILF Movies. That's Everything, Everything I Learned From Movies. Uh, every like every first and third Wednesday, we have uh, like these movie streaming nights we do on Discord, so come yeah. join us. Um, I think when this is dropping, we'll be doing... Uh, uh nin july so i think the next one will be a like man from hong kong on july 20th or yeah july 20th yeah. and then going into august guys it's the best time of the year nick it's august cage what movies are we going to be showing i really haven't decided i mean it's like oh yeah we can do face off and con air and blah 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 or would you guys rather watch amos and andrew or no. you know some of the other uh more questionable nick cage movies between two I mean, roles, this is what knows? our third or fourth nick august cage yeah 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 oh yeah we, yeah we're so we're, we're actually starting off with jujitsu because that's a nice transition between ninjulai and nick august cage you know yeah. with the sword play and whatnot uh but yeah we're doing like amos and andrew uh fro- the frozen ground with uh, frozen john cusack i love that movie <laughs> yeah uh we we got some good ones coming up so yeah yeah check us out uh babe are you on social media at all yes uh so i am an artist and you can find me everywhere at untidy venus that's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping i'm on all the social medias at untidy venus i also have an etsy shop where i sell my goods and wares at untidy com. and you can find me also on patreon at untidy venus on patreon i have a sticker of the month club guys for four dollars a month i will write you a handwritten card and send you one of the stickers i designed so yeah also oh. i forgot to mention i like i think i mentioned earlier uh we have a couple dozen interviews with various celebrities oh, over yes. the last three or four years but a lot of them are nicholas cage adjacent including a stand-in uh, for over a decade marco kairos mm-hmm. his brother and part-time director uh, of nicholas cage uh, christopher coppola you may know him mm-hmm. from freefall uh Nick Powell, we actually just interviewed. He's the one that directed him in Primal and uh, Outcast. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of co-stars uh, from various things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Elaine Moosey, uh, you know, yeah. is obviously in this movie. Just yeah, yeah, check it out. We've uh, we've got uh, uh, yeah. Thomas Jane. 
um, who's Eskimo Brothers with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, John, John C. McGinley, Dana Gould, Jenna Varney. Uwe Boll. Uwe, Dr. Do, Uwe Boll. Who has nothing to do with Nicolas Cage, but if you enjoy insanity, oh, guys, look at the Dr. Uwe Boll interviews and find out about how he accidentally burnt down an entire Serbian town filming a movie and then adopted all of the dogs and took them with him back to Canada. <laughs> Amazing. If you want more bang for your buck, everything I learned from movies podcast, all the links in the description. Uh, guys, thank you so much once again. This has been an absolute blast. This brings us to the end of this week's episode. And as ever, thank you for listening. If you have been, we'll see you in the next one. But until then, and as ever, keep on, keep on caging. It's all you have to do. Thank you. Take care and goodbye. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Golden Hog of Hollywood. <laughs>